Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Sis Doctors Pug Club. My name is Pooja. I'm Sarah. And I'm Harshini. And we are the Useless Doctors, and this is our book club. Um, today, we are going to talk about a book that I chose, and I want to apologize to my fellow co-hosts for the trouble that I put them through to make them read this book. Um, but this week, we are going to talk about Pride and Prejudice by Jane Austen. It is a classic novel. It's probably a novel that we all should have read in high school, but surprisingly, none of us really did. Um, so I decided, you know what, we are all older, we've graduated high school, we've graduated college, now is the time to finally read what many people consider one of the greatest novels of all time. Um, and did we think it was the greatest novel of all time? Um, <laughs> I guess we'll, you'll have to wait and see what our reviews are. Um, but yeah, but now I'm going to hand it off to Sarah to give us a short summary of what exactly Pride and Prejudice is. Okay, so Pride and Prejudice follows mainly um, this woman, Elizabeth Bennet. I should also say, say it takes place in 1813. So, uh, it's bit they like they ride carriages it's like olden days <laughs> but anyway it follows elizabeth bennett and the bennett family has five daughters and uh most of the book is about marrying the daughters off um specifically elizabeth and it's a classic romance where she has like a romantic <laughs> Goodreads says rom romantic clash. I don't know. <laughs> I guess a romantic clash with uh, Mr. Darcy. And Mr. Darcy is this, um, <clears throat> I guess, high class, super rich guy. Um, and she's more of a lower class. Her, her family doesn't have like the best manners I guess they're not the most desirable family to marry <laughs> so um yeah it just follows the story of these two as well as all the, her sisters getting married I'm sure you guys probably know the gist of the book but yeah now I'll hand it off to Harshini to start us off with our spoiler free review all right, so based on what we just said, you may have all guessed that we struggled to read this book. Um, I definitely really struggled to read this book. I really could not concentrate on it at all. And so then I had to switch to the audiobook, which not really a fan of audiobooks because I can just tune it out. But that's literally how I read most of this book was like, quote unquote, listening to the audiobook. But yeah, it was it was really bad. I felt like I was back in high school in the sense of like, I don't know, being a person who's like, I'm just gonna quote unquote read the book, but actually spark note it, which is actually really what I did, which is so bad. So I feel like a very bad book club member. Um, pretty much like <laughs> the book club members in the last book, or I don't know, which, whichever book that I chose, the Southern book clubs guide to slaying vampires when none of them read the book that that was me this book <laughs> meeting but um yeah I feel like I just a um definitely I felt like even though you know this is not like super old like this is not Shakespeare but it's also not as straightforward as reading the novels that we've been reading um and it's just like very boring to me to read about only romance most of the time which I guess there was some like dramatic elements of things happening in this book but really not enough to get me riveted like there was no thrilling aspects <laughs> to this this book um which makes sense it is not that genre but really struggled to read it because of that and because I also kind of just felt like I wasn't really rooting for the main couple um, but I guess we'll get into all of that more in the spoiler section. So, okay, rating. I'm just going to give this book three stars for right now. I really didn't rate it on Goodreads because I'm just like, am I missing something? Like the other people who 
like are my friends on Goodreads who rated it rated it both of them rated it five stars so I'm like am I missing something (laughs) I don't know that's very possible (laughs) so I'm like I'm gonna give it three stars for now see where we are by the end of the podcast where we talk about things and then I'll actually put my rating on Goodreads would I recommend it quite simply no (laughs) I think you can read other books that are more of this time and if you really want to read about a book that's like from eight or like takes place in 1813 you know I I don't know you may like this book but I just think you know there's there's other books there's other takes I feel like this story is also just not not riveting enough for for me to actually recommend it to someone unless they really wanted to read it on their own okay Pooja, now it's your turn. <laughs> what was your review? Um, okay, yeah. So you know what? You made a lot of really good points. I, I, a lot of points that I agree with. First of all, I definitely thought this book was a drag. Like it was so, it just went on and I was like, I don't care about anyone. Like I like unlikable characters, but these people were so unlikable that I was like, I just don't want this book to end. Like the last 30% of this book, I was just like, when is this going to end? I don't want to read about this anymore. Um, Yeah, I was not invested in our main couple and I like reading romance too, but I don't know. It just wasn't like, uh, this is not necessarily, I wouldn't necessarily, I think I assume this would be more of a romance than it was. I feel like it was more just of an observation of all these rich people, um, these like rich, annoying people <laughs> living in 1813 in England and are obsessed with marriage. And I know that that is like, that that is like the common sentiment at the time. Like, and I know this is also like satirical in a way because Jane Austen, like this whole thing was supposed to be like, Jane Austen's satirical take on society at the time and how like to point out how ridiculous these people are and like they're supposed to be over the top and ridiculous for a reason and that makes sense and I agree however I just I don't know it was just so dull it was just such a drag and the thing is I've started and stopped reading this book so many times I don't know why I assumed that this would finally be the time that I would enjoy it while reading it and it was not um I'll go one less than Harshini. I gave this book two stars. I did not give it three stars. It did not capture my attention. It did not entertain me. Other bo- if I give a book three stars, it means at least I found it entertaining. This was not entertaining. And I read the book as well as listened to the audiobook. Like I did both of them. Um, and it wasn't good either way, honestly. The audiobook narrator was really funny. I really liked her. And I wish she had narrated other books because I would rather read those than this one. I don't know what it is. This is the second Jane Austen, like this, I've only read two Jane Austen books and both of them I've given two stars. And I feel kind of bad because I consider myself an avid reader, but I don't like one of the greatest novels of all time or like this really great novelist. Like I can respect her for what she does, but I don't know, like I just don't like her books. And I even like other classic books. Like I really like Thomas Hardy's Far From the Madding Crowd. And that's like around the same time. I don't know, like this book was just dull. I don't even like Elizabeth. Like she was just annoying shit. It's <laughs> like everyone is like, oh, she's like this like feminist icon. Like she's super cool and she's like this great female character. And I was like, no, she's just kind of judgmental. <laughs> like I didn't really like her either. I don't know. I just it wasn't. I wasn't a fan. I gave it this book two stars. Wouldn't recommend. Go read something else. Honestly, Pride and Prejudice. Controversial opinion, but Pride and Prejudice is overrated. Sorry. <laughs> um. But yeah, I'll I'll delve more into my thoughts later on. But um, Sarah, what did you think? <laughs> you guys are quite harsh. I I don't know. I have a hard time writing this book just because I feel like I didn't give it the attention it deserved because I was so busy. So I was usually listening to the book while I was doing my experiments. So I guess like Harshini, I was half listening. And I feel like I would blame that partially on the reason I didn't like it because I had, I could not keep track of the characters until like 70% through the book. And so that was annoying because I was like, (laughs) 
I like was like, who's Miss Darcy? Who's this person? I don't know. Like, I can't make that connection. But I feel like I would rate this book 2.75 stars. I feel like it's not a three, but it's also not so bad that it's a two. But or maybe a 2.5. I don't know. When we discuss, maybe I'll lower it to 2.5. I I know you guys said it was really dull. And maybe it was because I was listening to 1.5 speed, but I didn't think it was quite as dull as you guys said. I mean, I agree, like most of the time shit was not happening, but it was still like, I don't know. I found the the conversations between the characters was like entertaining, even though the conversation was like pretty much 100% pointless. Um, I, oh, I like the love story. <laughs> I guys don't like it. And at the beginning, I was like, this is the dumbest shit ever. I can't hate on it because it was written like 5 million years ago. <laughs> like, and then towards the end, I know you didn't like the end, Pooja, but I was like, you know what? This is a good love story. I like it. I, I never said I didn't like the end. I was waiting it for it to end. I, I... <laughs> I wanted to the me, end to come. Sounds like you didn't like the end. The ending was the best part. I was like, <laughs> yes, it ended. Okay, okay, sure. I don't know. I like I like the last, let's say, 50% of the book. The beginning 50% I could do without. I hate the whole it's proper like you I, I didn't know this was a thing like you sit down and then you have things that you're supposed to talk about like it's not like it's like oh well I'm supposed to tell you about how nice this ball is and then you're supposed to say <laughs> I don't know uh yeah I like the love story it was cute it could have moved a little faster but maybe that's part of the part of the vibe I don't know <laughs> Uh, I would also not recommend it to anyone. <laughs> I mean, I feel like it's like kind of weird because it's a classic and everyone's like, oh my God, Pride and Prejudice. Everyone's probably already read it because you're supposed to read it in school. But I don't know. It was like, there's a million other books you could read that you would have a much more enjoyable time. Like, there's definitely other romance books that are better. Even romance books that are based off the concept of Pride and Prejudice are probably better than actually Pride and Prejudice. So, yeah, <laughs> that's all I got. Cool. Well, yeah, so uh, if beyond, maybe honestly, for this podcast, maybe like half of you already have read this book. So, you know, obviously keep listening. If you haven't read this book, none of us are suggesting that you read the book. Honestly, maybe go watch the movie or there's like a show about it too. Like this is the kind of thing where I'm like, if it's a show or a movie, I'll tolerate it. But if you really, really, really want to read the book, go ahead and read the book. But now we're going to talk about all the spoilers. Um, Honestly, are there any? Because like, we all know what happens, but you know, we'll we'll talk it about all of the details and the ending. So yeah, this is your warning, and we'll move into the spoiler part of the podcast. Um, all right. Well, I guess I want to start with like what I don't know. I, I think Puja alluded to this in terms of like we're just kind of observing everything happening, but like there are I think very few scenes with Elizabeth and Darcy together and like I don't know we just really like to me again I like half really didn't really pay attention to like the whole middle part of this book I actually did read the last few pages of this book and I was like okay okay yeah I was like happy it was the ending like Pooja so I'm like let's get it let's like move it along and get to the end but yeah, I just feel like it was very sudden. Their shifts in like Darcy was like, yeah, she is like not the like not a handsome girl or whatever. And then suddenly, like just because he like or 
um, Elizabeth was like not really like super into him and like kind of like I don't know responded to him like a normal person instead of like oh my god Darcy I love you he was like wow I love this girl she's got some like personality and he's just like all right let's get married I love you <laughs> like out of nowhere and I'm just like what happened and then she kind of out of nowhere is like I know he does some stuff but like out of nowhere is like I would accept his proposal of marriage <laughs> I'm just like what what happened how did this develop um yeah that's my big problem with this book because I feel like if it's a romance we need we need the romance <laughs> to develop and I don't know if it was I also feel like you know maybe we're judging too harshly for the time this book was written maybe it's like different but I don't know it's hard to take yourself out of like the current day and like just I don't know even like what romance should really be like I literally wrote a note that said Darcy likes her literally out of nowhere why on earth would he like her because she's never nice to him like there's no there's like I don't know I, I don't like unless this is like an insta love thing where they both fall but they clearly don't instantly fall in love like wait wait wait, wait. What if he just likes like her aura, like her the way she? That's okay, goes but like you, again, it happens so out of nowhere. Like it literally is just like on one day he, and then like there's like one scene between where he sees her and he's like, huh, and then the next day he's like, I love you, <laughs> like. <laughs> it just literally no. happened so fast <laughs> okay. okay but see I feel like this is this, this I have observed in on the other Jane Austen book I read where it seems like they just fall in love way too quickly we never see them okay but maybe that's just a sign of the times like I mean you think you said there was Collins who talked to that one girl for like a day and then they were like let's get married okay but he was shown like the thing is his character from the beginning is shown to be this like asshole of a guy like he is shown to be an idiot like we're supposed to we don't really care about like we we know that he's like you know this idiot dude and like he'll just do whatever for whenever what that sort of thing we're supposed to ship these people together and the thing is I actually like Darcy like I liked him he's he and Jane are the only two characters I liked throughout the entire book where like I kind of you you understand Collins? huh Collins Jane Jane oh. and Darcy yeah we're like, like the only they're the only two people that I was like you know like they they you can there's like some sort of like arc going on there where like you can you can kind of see like how they you know grow and the thing is Elizabeth also like towards the end I kind of liked her better but in the beginning I was like this girl is such an asshole and like I understand like she's the prejudice and he's the pride like that's why it's called pride and prejudice I that occurred to me and I was like oh okay so she's the prejudice one because she keeps judging people so fast but I was like this bitch is so judgmental like why is she so mean so mean and 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 like she just literally like they're the one part where she obviously like Darcy does stuff for her family but this is apparently like after she actually starts liking him she literally starts liking him like she goes to his house and sees how wealthy this man is and is like hmm I could imagine myself living here <laughs> literally that's what she says she goes oh yeah I, I, I could imagine myself living here and then she meets him and then she and then like this is like after she read his note where he like explains you know like how much he likes her and all and he like explains some backstory and shit and then she's like mm, okay and then after that she's like after she sees how wealthy he is he's she's just like yeah you know like he's pretty cute he's pretty nice he's a good match for me and then picks him and then like decides to like fully like him and I'm like I don't know I just I definitely agree with you with the fact that this it seemed so strangely abrupt and like yes they get scenes together but it's barely anything like this I also agree that if this was a movie there would be a lot more like behavioral things that you can observe like you can observe two people like 
you know, like how they look at each other or like other sort of more like physical reactions to each other, maybe that would add to you being invested in that relationship, which doesn't necessarily happen over a book because everything is in third person. So like you don't even get into their insight. Like you don't even get like what Darcy is thinking of or like really what Elizabeth is thinking of. And I think the author tried to do that a little bit. And I think this is more of the sign of the times where like books were more like that. They weren't necessarily first person per se. So they were kind of like this like omniscient narrator who knows everything that's going on. But I don't know, like I, it just takes you out of the story. Like, I don't understand how you can be that invested in this romance where they barely interact and you barely see any of that. And yeah, and then it, like you get a proposal out of nowhere and then you get love in like essentially instant love after being, after hating each other so much before. And I'm like, what bullshit. <laughs> I agree there's not much of a time where it's like oh I don't know getting to like the other person but um I really feel like it's just a sign of the time like I I I do like the I don't know like the chase and the oh I like him does he like me part but I don't know I mean, I guess considering how slow this book was, they could have included more of that instead of like two pages of that. But I don't know. I really feel like it's just a, a sign of the time. Okay, I have I have one response to this. <laughs> Where uh, so a book that I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast was this book called Far from the Madding Crowd, and it's written around the same time as Pride and Prejudice. It's Nasser. It's not as popular, but it's still a pretty popular book. Um, but in that book, which is written by this dude, Thomas Hardy, um, there is like a romance in that book. And that romance takes up over a period of very long time. And it like, they really like the author really like fleshes it out in the sense that you properly get to see how and you can even conceive of like how these two people can end up falling in love and it takes a really long time for it and they like flesh it out properly so I don't think it's a sign of the times because that book was also written around the same time and that romance was super believable and nice and good to know and makes sense <laughs> so yeah <laughs> I'm just saying all the other People in this story got married so quick. I thought maybe it's like a thing. I mean, if anything, Bingley and Jane like got to know each other quite well, apparently over, like they properly talked to each other for like really long time. That being said, like clearly Bingley didn't understand that Jane was into him, which is like the one of a, like a conflict in this book among many, but like the fact, okay, we can talk about that because that was, that was dumb, <laughs> but, but yeah, but like I, they, I feel like they talked more, at least it was alluded to that they had more conversation than Darcy and Elizabeth, I think. Yeah, I definitely feel like, I don't know, honestly, Bingley and Jane, I was rooting for them. Like, I, I feel like, obviously, I don't, not that they had, like, we couldn't really see into their romance or anything, but like, I don't know. It, yeah, it seemed like they had a reason to like each other, you know, and it, I was like, okay, I understand why you guys actually like each other. So I just wish that there was, like, honestly, if um, Elizabeth was not the main, like, seen as the main character, like, I feel like you could, like, very easily change a few things and, like, they could be the, like, two main people. Um, I don't know. I just feel like, I feel like the, um, like I was gonna say because before you brought up the whole Bingley and Jane thing I was like yeah maybe they just like don't have that many opportunities to like you know it's not like Elizabeth can go see him whenever or like text him or like you know obviously it's like different times so they can't talk as much and people just get married really quickly but yeah I don't know other than the romance what did you guys think what is this whole Bingley thing because actually this is a part I definitely did not understand. <laughs> I was like, wait, Bingley proposed to Jane? Like, I thought it was gonna happen in the next few pages, but then it was like, it already happened. 
<laughs> so I totally missed everything. But um, yeah, I would love to hear more. <laughs> no, okay. So the thing with Bingley and Jane that like, so one of them, one, one conflict in this book is the fact that like, all of a sudden Bingley seems to leave, right? He just like ups and leaves um, the house that he got near, which is like located near Elizabeth and her family. Um, and he just goes and he leaves very abruptly. And it's like, un they're unsure of when he's going to come back. And then apparently he like doesn't plan on coming back. And then Jane, who thinks that she and Bingley are having this like really nice time, really nice relationship. And it seems like maybe he might propose because they are getting to know each other really well and they get along really well. And then it so happens that like, um, Bingley's sister sends a message saying like, oh yeah, you know, I'm really kind of shipping Bingley and Darcy's sister or whatever. And it's like, and then Elizabeth gets the feeling that, oh, maybe Bingley's family, like his sisters are kind of convincing him that Jane is not a good fit. And then you end up finding out that like Darcy convinced Bingley that Jane was not into him basically and then Bingley believed him and was like yeah that makes sense and then that's like the reason why he decided not to pursue her anymore and just left because he was like oh well Jane doesn't like me and I'm just wasting my time here because clearly she doesn't like me but then Elizabeth is like Elizabeth first thinks that Darcy did it like Jane isn't good enough for him that's why but no it's not that he just genuinely thought that Jane was not interested and the thing is like when I say it like this it sounds like ridiculous but even Jane herself says that she's quite reserved so like she doesn't necessarily show her affection for that openly and Bingley apparently is not that type of person like he assumes that if you're openly affectionate that means that you like him or like you you know are reciprocating his feelings or whatever um but see like this is like this is weird to me because on one hand, I understand why Darcy would probably like it. They, the author clearly like was setting up these things to make it like to make sure that this is like a plausible scenario. Like Jane has already said that like the way she reacts and that sort of thing, like she's just a very nice person. So people might just think that she's just being nice rather than like actually reciprocating an affection thing. Um, but then on the other hand, is Bingley dense? Like, it, like, does he not understand? Like, if she's, you know, like, does he not get the signal? And then I'm just like, I don't know, like, Darcy, it's weird, because Jane doesn't talk to Darcy. So how would Darcy know whether she is just being nice or actually likes Bingley? Like, clearly, this is all based on his observation, which is happening far away. He's not even listening to this conversation. Like he is far away and he's observing this. So like, why is he being annoying and butting into his friend's business? Number one, right? But number two, like clearly he does, he has never talked to Jane properly to even get a sense of this. But on the other hand, I also thought like, I kind of get it. Like I kind of get why, like Elizabeth, this is her sister. So she obviously knows how Jane is. So she's just gonna assume that people can get when she's being like, when she clearly likes a guy. But I don't know, I just thought it was such a weird conflict because it wasn't like, it was like not between Elizabeth and Darcy. It was between Jane and Bingley, but somehow that conflict became a conflict between Elizabeth and Darcy. And I was like, is that even necessary? Like, do we need to have this like extra conflict to this? And I just thought Bingley was being annoying because like, he's just gonna believe everything his friend says. Like he's not even gonna think for himself and use his own brain. like. It was just, I don't know. I had like mixed feelings about this. It was weird. I understand that a conflict needed to happen, but I thought this was a weird one and I didn't really like Bingley that much, but he was nice, I guess, at the end. Literally, okay. I knew all the stuff about like Elizabeth thought that Darcy just deliberately tried to break Jane and Bingley up, but I thought that was true. And like, I don't know I guess I missed this whole part where Darcy was like no I actually thought that Jane didn't like him but I find that very hard to believe I don't know I guess like I again didn't pay attention for a large part of the book but I really I just never really liked Darcy like I didn't I don't think I got to the point where I was like oh Darcy you're a good person and like you've had this development or anything because like 
even if I did read that part, I don't know, maybe I'd have different feelings, but I, yeah, I just find that very hard to believe. I really thought that he was like just apologizing for the fact that he was meddling and he was like apologized to Elizabeth and basically did all the nice things afterwards to help out with the whole Lydia situation. So Elizabeth was like, yeah, I love you, which again, I don't know, <laughs> but I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I see that it was like, wasn't Elizabeth and Darcy's problem and then they made it their problem. But I feel like the book was like, oh, I need a, I need something that makes Darcy look bad, but then finds out he did it in the best intentions. So that's what they found. <laughs> but um, I don't know. I it, it was like alluded to that, like, or or Darcy said that um, Bingling, what is his name? Billy Bingling. Bingley, yeah. Bingley. <laughs> Should you say Bingling? <laughs> I, I was like I really gotta remember this name let me remember this name and I was like uh, I don't know <laughs> wait Bingling is some, from something else Bingling I, I that sounds like a product or like a, <laughs> like a ringtone maybe <laughs> like okay <laughs> I don't know um but like Bingley can't think uh like make his own decisions so he just relies on what Darcy says I could see how he would be like dumb enough to be like oh Darcy must be right because he can like see this relationship from the outside and maybe I'm just blinded because I like her um <laughs> I don't know I, mean, I just feel like it's not crazy that it happened Okay, I was just gonna say with this book, what I realized what the what I'm seeing here is the fact that there is a lot more telling than there is showing in this book, right? Everything is told to you. You never see Darcy like observing Jane or like making an assumption about Jane or like telling Bingley anything. Like you are told through some other situation that. Darcy is like this to Bingley like what I need is I need you to show how like I need I need more showing rather than telling everything and if you show that makes the book more interesting anyway if you just keep telling me everything then what's the point like this is essentially an essay in a book then which is kind of what it is. That's why, no wonder I thought it was a drag because I was like everyone's just telling me everything you're not showing me how you're not showing me these people fell in love you're telling me that they did which I'm like okay that's great cool um but yeah that's I think that's the that is what I'm realizing right now <laughs> yeah I feel like that's so true because I was like I don't know I definitely missed half of the things that happened when I read the stuff on spark notes I was like what like I don't know because I and I think that was the problem because it was like told through some like roundabout way where I was like what is going on and I feel like I don't know obviously it wasn't like as interesting as you said because like you know when people do things <laughs> it's more interesting and you're just watching them do things and that naturally happens in a movie where you watch them do things but yeah I totally agree with that what did you guys think about this like Wickham Lydia situation I did not realize that it was like a whole I thought Wickham and Lydia just like randomly got married but it was like they got eloped eloped and then they like had to have a marriage and that's what they actually were like trying to make sure like I don't know I did not honestly get that I'm, yeah I'm very confused because if they were eloped then why would they need a bribe Wickham to actually marry her? They so they didn't elope. They they ran away together. Um, and Wickham did not have any intention of marrying Lydia. He just okay, ran away with why, her. Why? Why would you run away with someone? Because he was just screwing around. Like he was like, oh, you know what? I'll just sleep with this chick, and I'll just run away and do it. <laughs> And then he had no intention of marrying her. He was probably going to drop her ass after. Uh, and then 
then um, Darcy, through some series of events, we find out that again, like, again, we didn't see this happening. We were told, oh, Darcy did this. That's why J Elizabeth likes him. And I'm like, dude, uh, let me also fall in love with Darcy. All right. Like, I don't understand. But yeah. And then we find out that Darcy kind of convinced Wickham, bitch, you got to marry her. You can't just dump her ass like this. She's the sister of the girl that I like. And then, yeah. You know, I feel like my problem with Mr. Darcy is that I just didn't, you know, the things where it was like Elizabeth was gushing over, oh my God, he's still kind of, I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, I feel like, okay, maybe it's nice that he solved the situation, but also like, I feel like it wasn't his place. Like he had absolutely nothing to do with the situation. And then I was like, annoying that, I mean, like, it's nice you fixed the situation, but at the same time, I would be like, I, I feel like I wouldn't appreciate it as much because like, it's not my place to fix it. I don't know, maybe I'm just weird about it. But also like, uh, I don't know, just like the things that she praised him for, I was like, I feel like you got some low standards. <laughs> I mean, he did shell out a lot to make Wickham marry Lydia, but I don't. Maybe that's just not what I look for in a person. I mean, okay. See, like I, I, I see where you're coming from in the fact that like this situation had nothing to do with Darcy. It's not like Darcy's, you know, he he's not even with Elizabeth. Like he's not even dating Elizabeth or intending on marrying her at that point, right? So like, why would he be invested in this? But I also kind of see like, I think the thing, the thing I, the reason why I found it very interesting, it was like, okay, so he like, he proposed to Elizabeth. Elizabeth rejected him very intensely. Um, but he still has like, the humility to not necessarily hold it against her like it not like he wasn't like he's not being petty like he's not like letting that stand in the way of though how he's acting towards her right like a lot of guys in that situation like if a girl if you tell a girl that you like her and then that girl is like no you can kind of like immediately change the way you act around them you can like be a little bit mean to them or like take that really personally and then act out because of it and that sort of thing but he doesn't like he's still super nice to her and like you know he still respects her and like he sees that her she is in this situation and he goes out of his way to do this thing for her even though he doesn't have to and he does it for her but then like he doesn't let her know like he doesn't tell anyone the only reason we find out is because some Elizabeth asked someone and then they happened to reveal it to her, but he doesn't even like rub it in her face. Like, dude, I did this for you. Like now you should marry me. Like he just says, no, he doesn't do anything like that. And it's just like, it's just a reflection of how like this dude didn't have to do it, but he did it anyway. And yes, it wasn't his place, but like he went out of his way to help this girl and he didn't necessarily try to show her that he did this for her. Like he just did it because he wanted to and that's like I don't know not many people would do that right like so it's it's kind of like it shows that he's not he's like a decent person like he if he if he likes you he'll go out of his way to do do stuff without necessarily rubbing it in your face that he's doing you a favor um which I don't know okay yeah I see that I don't know why it still somehow irks me that he did it <laughs> I mean, that's fair. That's fair. I see your point also. I think I think that's also a good point. Like, why is he sticking his nose in something that isn't? Especially because she, I mean, I guess he didn't want her to know that he did it. But also, if she rejected her, you, then like, leave her alone. <laughs> that That's a fair point. Like, yeah. I But another thing is that like, why'd she go to his house after he rejected her? Okay, but she didn't think he was going to be there. And then yeah, why did go? Okay, it's his house. It's his house. Her aunt and uncle wanted to. Okay, that like, so clearly there is some connection that 
is retained, right? I guess all the rich people in this state or this country all know each other or something like. Yeah. Also, I think it's really weird to just ask towards someone else's house. Yeah. That's like if 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 you're if like if my if my parents and me showed up to, to your house, Sarah, and it was like, I would like a tour of your house, please. <laughs> And then you'd be yeah like, it's so weird and that person's not even there it's just like oh I just want to see what you got going on in your house and then yeah. I'll leave that's and the fact that like he's not even there but they still allow them inside like it's not like they had a phone to call him to be like hey people are touring your house like how do you know he didn't even realize he just shows up at his house thinking that he'd be alone and then all of a sudden there's these people freaking tour group happening while he's there just that's what happens when you're super rich I wouldn't know it you know I wouldn't know I don't have an estate so yeah so I guess I don't know people like genuinely found I I don't know what you were saying before Pooja about like this actually being satire and everything I don't know I personally didn't find it funny <laughs> but, which is what one of the things you promised Pooja no, I'm kidding. But I wonder if anyone else found anything funny. No, I was like, I remembered. I was like, Pooja said this was book was funny, but I, this, I mean, I can see how it would be amusing, but none of it is like legit funny. It is not funny. And I realized like, I thought it was funny because I read that it was funny. Okay. <laughs> but I, first of all, this is not my sense of humor. Number one, like, I do not, if anything, the entire book, I was just cringing. Like, I was like, this is just cringeworthy behavior. Like, the mom is supposed to be funny. I was like, this is, she's not funny at all. She's actually super annoying. <laughs> and out of all the characters in this book, I hated her the most. So Collins is supposed to be like a funny dude, but like, he's just annoying also. Um, yeah, I don't like... Lydia is supposed to be funny and like she's just a bitch um and after she gets married still a bitch like don't like her also I don't know like I I get like I think that's why it's supposed to be like satirical like all these people are supposed to be like it's like an super extra version of how people are in society or how people were in society at the time and like it's like dialed up to a like 10 times more. Like if they're already extra, this is like the most extreme version of what these people could be. It's, I don't know. I was kind of like thinking of Bridgerton, <laughs> you know, the Netflix show while I was reading this. And I was like, you know how like some of the moms in that show are like super extra and like the kids are super extra too about like marriage and all that sort of stuff. I feel like that was kind of like this, like, I know it's, I think Bridgerton is based off of this, but I saw that first and then watched and then read this. So I was like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. So like the moms are supposed to be like super extra and like everyone's supposed to be super extra about marriage and stuff. And I was like, okay, I get it. But I don't know. Yeah, it was, I'm sorry, guys. It was not, it wasn't funny. I did not laugh. Okay. I gave this two stars. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Honestly, I thought about Bridgerton too. And yeah, I, I didn't read anything, but I'm sure it is based off of this. And I was like, yeah, I would never find that funny either. But again, since I watched it as a show, it was entertaining at least. And even the, like another thing I was going to ask was, I mean, there was a lot of stuff about other characters, right? Which is like, I don't know, in a romance, I feel like it's a fine line. Like personally, I prefer romances that are not the central part of a book, but just like a side story and like happening because of the circumstances. But in an actual romance book, I feel like it is common that like everything is surrounding these characters. And even if other stuff is happening around them, it's like all about them, which I don't think was the case in this book. But like, I don't know, in other things, like I feel like that can be, that can add an interesting element. Personally, I did not find the other stuff about other characters being an interesting element in this book. But I don't know, maybe if there was like actual 
like I don't know I guess there was drama but like I didn't view it as drama personally because it just wasn't juicy drama like it was I don't know I guess it was juicy it It was juicy you just didn't see it (laughs) true true yeah (laughs) it's like you weren't in the drama therefore it's not interesting because you're just like some dude in some letter told you like literally how did you find out about like Lydia and Wickham oh you found out because Jane wrote in a letter to Elizabeth that Lydia ran away with Wickham it's like dude show me Lydia running away with Wickham that's more interesting I finally figured out what my issue was (laughs) Yeah, and I guess it's like a weird thing where I maybe part of that is like you are seeing it mainly through Elizabeth's perspective. So that's how she found out. But I don't know. Like there's too much stuff going on about the other characters. Like I know all about them. So why don't you just show them? Like you don't have to be in this weird, like not not first perspective. Like you don't actually get Elizabeth's thoughts really but you also don't get other people's like actual scenarios yeah you you elizabeth is probably the least interesting character in the sense that nothing happens to her other than her other sisters like that sister mary more most in uninteresting person um and then like one of her other sisters kitty or whatever i don't care i don't even know anything about her why is she even in the relevant to the story we don't know but like you Elizabeth like the interesting things happen with Jane interesting things happen with Lydia we we're following Elizabeth but we're not even following her there is an omniscient narrator who knows apparently everything and we see everything from Elizabeth's perspective through that omniscient narrator so it just makes it like interesting things are happening to other people and we are finding out about it through an uninteresting character like even Darcy is more interesting than Elizabeth but it's just like okay so we find out about Darcy through an uninteresting character which just makes the whole thing uninteresting that's the qualm I figured it out good job guys (laughs) we solved the mystery (laughs) why we didn't like this book there we go well we gave you a mystery you're welcome <laughs> and solved it <laughs> all in order now um okay well I'm gonna say that I'm definitely gonna just drop my rating down to two stars because I'm sorry I mean maybe if one of us liked the book then it would have made me more conflicted but yeah sadly I we just we're not we're not the audience for this book yeah, I feel like I would also drop my reading to two point five. I feel like we gotta have someone on here that likes Pride and Prejudice to yeah, explain, to like... you know, why the things we don't like are actually good things. Yeah, yeah, to like staunchly defend it. And you know what? If you look through Goodreads, apparently we are in we are in the minority, obviously, because they this book has a four point two eight rating, and there are three million ratings. And all the people that I follow uh, have given this book five stars. Um, And like the first, I don't know, three pages of ratings are all five stars. So like clearly we are in the minority. Okay, but what if, you know, like Harshini increased her rating because she saw everyone else giving it five stars. What if that's what everyone else does? (laughs) Oh my God. Yeah, that would, that would be something, but I don't know. I I don't know I don't yeah I just feel like there are better books like I'm I'm just like not maybe a lot of people read this in high school but like there must be some adults reading this too it's like you you've got to have read and seen better things like I I just don't get it but I don't know maybe we'll find out one of you if you really like this book then feel free to tell us why yeah I mean there's the thing about like so many other good books I'm like there are literally so many other good books like you the other thing is that I feel like people might get peer pressured into giving this book a high rating because they're like oh you know this is a classic I need to give it a good rating because everyone else likes it 
But I personally think, and also people feel the need to read this book because they're like, this is a classic and I should, if I read books, I should read the classics, which is like, no, you should read whatever you feel like reading. You shouldn't read things just because they're classics. So from now on, I will not be recommending any classics on this podcast. <laughs> you know what? We tried because like we're a book club. We try to mix it up. But yeah, honestly, I feel like there are enough people reading classics because that's what they think. Should, and you know what? Be. That's what high schools like. That's what you have to read in high school. So I get it. I, I mean, I get it. But like, you know what? I read other good classics in high school. Like, dude, Jane Eyre. That shit was crazy. That was a super interesting classic. There was a mystery in there. <laughs> I think maybe it's like a mystery thing. <laughs> there was something yeah, interesting think- about the book though. There was like a weird plot twist and that something you didn't expect seeing, you know, happening. And it was like so many different types of characters, that sort of thing. Yeah, I don't, I, yeah, I never read Jane Eyre, but I read I don't remember the name of this book, but it's like about the woman who lives in the second floor attic. I don't oh, know. Oh, White Sargasso Sea. Yes. Oh my God. This just brought me back. Dude, Dude. read Jane Eyre though. It's, okay. it's creepy. Like that book is, well, you already know the twist. So I can't even like. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, I didn't know the twist and I read it and I was like, oh, what happened? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe you guys should read Far From the Madding Crowd. Oh, fun fact. Far From the Madding Crowd, um, the girl's name is Bathsheba Everdeen. And Katniss Everdeen from The Hunger Games is named after her. Mm, wow. Because she's, Bathsheba, she's, she's a crazy bitch. She's crazy. <laughs> but she falls in love with this dude and it's the funniest shit. And that, that I was genuinely like, you know what, I should give it a reread, but I'll reread it and then let you know what I think again, because <laughs> it's been a while since I read it. But no, that, that was like, they, they fall in love so organically. That's the thing. It was like, you just see it happen and you're just like, oh shit, this is cute. But yeah, I think I'm done with Jane Austen forever. Loki. I'm sorry, Jane. Um... I didn't like any of your books that I read. Uh, I understand it's such a tragedy because I'm a reader, but I hate reading <laughs> Jane Austen books. And I've never read Harry Potter. Um, so, you know, Jane Austen, Harry Potter, like all in the same category. I just haven't read a lot of classic books. And I just don't like them. I don't know why, but yeah. Okay. Anyway, I apologize. Sorry. <laughs> through the podcast <laughs> and I'll somehow get to Jane Austen I know Jane's listening she she got it she got the message all right you all have any final thoughts all right everybody that's a wrap on season two episode nine when we read Pride and Prejudice by Jane Austen so next week we are also switching up the genre to sci-fi and I was like I'm going to bring up a sci-fi book on this podcast so that we switch up our genres for our audience so they don't always have to hear about mysteries and thrillers and sometimes romance. But this book The Martian by Andy Ware is also rated really well so have high hopes. It's also supposed to be funny. Again, we we shall see if it is our kind of humor, but it's about a guy on Mars. So, you know, we'll see how it goes. There's a movie too. It's also rated really well. So might check that out as well. But until then, have a great week and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.